0: Good morning, church. You can do better than that. Good morning, church. There we go. There we go. That's the energy I expect this entire sermon, so just just so you know. Uh, well, <laughs> Welcome to Pierce Point Community Church. Everyone here in person, everyone watching online, welcome. My name is Dylan Adams. I am a deacon in training and the youth leader here at Pierce Point. I know Nathan, the last few days, has been making you guys kind of bunch up in the middle. I'm not going to do that. Actually, if you could go to the sides. Totally kidding. <laughs> Totally kidding. I'll give you a break this week. Nathan will probably be back to making you get in the middle of next week, which I get it, by the way, because doing this, the entire sermon, is a little exhausting at times, so I understand wanting to be able to just see everybody, but nevertheless, I won't make you do it today. Oh, man. Well, good morning. It is an honor to be up here. I am blessed to be in a position where I get to address all of you. Um... I don't have the words to speak to tell you how much I appreciate being able to uh, talk to you about the word of the Lord and encourage you to continue to walk in the way that we're called to walk. So uh, I promise I'll have you home by later tonight. Uh, it's you know it's not a super long sermon. I don't know if there's a Bengals game on today, but let's be real. I'm doing you a favor if you miss it. They've been kind of choking lately. So hey, I'm a Bengals fan. I'm just, I'm just saying they're they could do better. They could do better. All right, well, speaking of the Bengals, we're going to talk about weakness today. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I, like I said, I'm a Bengals fan. I'm, just dis- I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So all of us deal with some form of weakness in our day-to-day lives, right? Whether it's weakness to step away from a temptation or weakness in regards to our finances or our health or just the things that we run into in life that are struggles for us, things that hold us back and hinder us. The Lord, throughout all of Scripture, talks about being our strength in this weakness. You see it, you see it constantly in the Old Testament where these guys are pretty sure that they can't do what they've been called to do. And the Lord, the Lord says, not by your strength, but by mine. And they're able to accomplish those things. So today I want to talk to you about the Lord being the strength in the midst of your weakness. Because all of us are weak. We've all fallen short. We've all, we all struggle. We need his strength to walk the way we've been called to walk. Uh, A.W. Tozer has a, uh, a quote on this idea. And it says, See how God we- winked at weaknesses and overlooked failures as he poured upon his servants grace and blessing untold. Let it be Abraham, Jacob, David, Daniel, Elijah, or whom you will. Honor followed honor as harvest follows the seed. The man of God set his heart to exalt God above all. all. God accepted his intention as fact and acted accordingly. Not perfection, but holy intention made the difference. We're going to struggle. We're going to be weak. But it's the attention of your the attention of your heart that matters. What are we trying to accomplish? Because there are going to be moments where you you may not think about the Lord's strength in a moment. And you fall flat in your face. What's going to happen? But pick yourself back up, repent, seek the Lord, and continue to walk. It's about your heart. What does that look like? And be praying for Ethan Engelhardt. He is food poisoning right now, and uh, his devotional would have. Worked really well in regards to the sermon. So, Ethan, you let me down. He's probably not watching this. He's probably in the bathroom, but it's okay. Um, weakness is defined as the state or condition of lacking strength. We all lack strength in many different areas of our life, and that that doesn't just mean strength in the gym. I'm not telling you to to pray to the Lord like, "Hey, please hit me, let me hit my PR today." Like, I'm trying to get that that next 200 pounds on the on the bar. That's not the kind of strength we're talking about. We're talking about the strength to overcome and endure the things that we deal with day to day, the strength to continue to be good representatives and good, well, good representatives of of Jesus, right? To be his love, his kindness, all those things. Uh, the scripture, it's, uh, and I'm going to read more of this to give us some context later, but the scripture that I'm kind of pulling from the most today is out of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. This is just a chunk of that. And then we'll get into more of that in a moment. But it says, Therefore I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, that I am strong. And this is Paul talking about a circumstance that he's dealing with. And we'll get into it a little more later. But he's talking about this thorn in his flesh and these struggles that he he has. And he's prayed to the Lord to be set free. And the Lord's response is, My grace is sufficient. A lot of you wouldn't like that response. Most of you wouldn't like that response because we want things to be taken away. But Paul's like, you know what? Your grace is sufficient. I will boast in my weakness because when I am weak, I'm strong in regards to Jesus. So um, if I needed to prove to you a different scriptures regarding strength being offered by the Lord. I've got kind of a few here. We'll, uh, we'll start in Isaiah chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Sorry, I just realized that my cuff came in buttons. So <laughs> if it's going to happen, it'll happen. Isaiah uh, chapter 40, verses 28 through 31 says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall shall walk and not faint. It's hard to believe that it says youth and you know I'm the youth leader here. It's hard to believe any of those kids could ever grow faint. But when they do, the Lord has strength for them. Right. Oh, oh, so sorry. Let me turn that off. I have this weird sensor, I have this weird sensor thing that uh that is on my arm that tracks stuff and it's kind of a pain. There we go. My apologies. Psalm, Psalm 73, verse 26 says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and portion forever. Isaiah 41, verse 10 says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And of course, we all know Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Um. A note on that last scripture there, uh, Philippians 4.13, that is misquoted a lot in regard, you'll see a lot of like people in the gym wearing that and wearing nice bandanas that say things like that. Again, that's not, Paul isn't talking about the kind of strength that lets you lift you know, a 300 pound bench press in the gym. He's talking about the kind of strength that lets you endure through hardships and be content in those. We'll get into that later, but just wanted to make that clear. So, we're going to comb through 2 Corinthians 12, uh, chapters, uh, verse 1 through 10. There's a little bit in the beginning. Uh, I, f- I went back and forth on if I was even going to read it, but I feel like there's got to be some context for the second part, so we're going to read it. I'm not going to dig into it too much, I think. We'll see what the Lord does, but uh, I'm it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting scripture. So, Paul says. Second letter to the Corinthians. Actually, I might even, might even be the third letter to them. Boasting is necessary, though it is not profitable. But I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, by the way, Paul is this man, by the way. If you were ever confused, he's talking about himself. But it's like he's talking about himself and he's standing over here going, I know a guy that did some crazy stuff. But I know a man. In Christ, who 14 years ago, whether in the body, I do not know, or out of body, I do not know, God knows, such a man was caught up to third heaven, and I know know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which a man is not permitted to speak, which he's kind of speaking on it, but I guess he's not speaking the words, so like gray area, I guess, but... On behalf of such a man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast except in regard to my weaknesses for if i do not if I do wish to boast, I will not be foolish, for I will be speaking the truth, but I refrain from this so that no one will credit me with more than he sees in me or hears from me so a little context here uh, nobody truly knows what it is that Paul is referring to in in regards to this heaven idea uh, they had a different understanding at the, at the time, and he doesn't really give us a lot to go off of. he just says it, it's inex- it's inexpressible, and we can't talk about it, but I know a guy that it happened to, so he's in this spot where most people would be prideful, you know I mean you got to think like if if tomorrow I was called up to heaven, whether in spirit or in the body, or whatever that may, may be. I don't know. The Lord knows, right? But if I was called up there and I saw these special visions and, and these things and special knowledge and all, all of this stuff, it would be very easy to become prideful in that, right? Because you'd feel special, which you're all special in your own way, of course. But you would feel special. And then, But Paul is like, I would not boast because he doesn't want to, he doesn't want anybody to credit him with more than, than, than they see in him or hear from him, right? And then we continue there. And it says, because of the, of the surpassing greatness of, of the revelations, for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I implored the, I implored the Lord three times. That it might leave me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I am well content with weaknesses, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul receives strength from the Lord to endure the situation. Now, really quick, this idea of a thorn in my flesh, uh, it's sometimes translated uh, as uh, the thorn that is my flesh. Either way, there's not a clear cut answer on what he's referring to. Uh, some scholars believe that maybe he had epilepsy that, that, and that had possibly given him these crazy visions and maybe that was it. Some people thought that maybe he was terribly disfigured in some way and maybe it made him hard to do ministry. Uh, some believe it was just headaches, that like extreme headaches that he was dealing with. There was a type of fever that was around in that time that caused excruciating headaches and all these things and his the way that he phrases it, it makes sense that it could be it, whatever it is, it, it's an excruciating thing that he's dealing with. It's 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 not constant. It comes and it goes, but it is something that he's dealing with that is excruciating, terrible for him to deal with. So much that he implored the Lord three different times in regards to it. Now, the Lord did not take that away. That's interesting. I think a lot of us may struggle with that idea that God doesn't just take it away. But he did give him the strength to endure it. He did, he did give him the strength to push through. It didn't go away. And we'll get into that a little later as well, but Paul takes much comfort in the strength of the Lord that's upon him. So much that he says, you know what? I'm actually content with weaknesses, with insults, with distress, with persecution, with difficulties for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, he's strong. Why is that? Well, weakness has, it should have, certain effects on us. When we're dealing with things in our lives, if we are able to humble ourselves, we are able to realize that we need some help. It's actually one of the first things that you need to do is, as a believer, you have to acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a savior, right? You require assistance because you can't help yourself. In the same situation, many times, that's what we're running into, where you're weak in a moment, and you think, I'm a guy, this is how we think, I'm just going to work harder and be more diligent, and I'll figure it out. You know how many times I've said that? A ridiculous amount. I, even as a married man, like Caitlin's freaking out about finances or, or whatever it might be, and I go, I got it, I'll figure it out. That's, that's how men are. We're just like, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll do what needs to be done. Nothing wrong with that, but you should probably consult the Lord first, because He's, uh, he's going to be the one to help you figure it out. Such a goofball. <laughs> now, this is not the only time in Scripture that we see the Lord coming up behind somebody and giving them the strength to endure or to accomplish what they've been called to, right? I'm going to go through a name a few names. You should note, recognize a few of these names, hopefully, um, if not. Nathan, come on, man. No, I'm just kidding. He's in Tennessee. He can't hurt me. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm going to go through a few names and just talk about how the Lord kind of came up behind them, right? So we'll start with Moses. Despite Moses' speech impediment, God used Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Moses made it very clear. The Lord comes up to him in the bush, and he's like, I've got a job for you. I need you to do something. And Moses is like, I'm not the, I'm not the guy. I'm not the one. And the Lord is like, mm, pretty sure, which of course he's pretty sure because he knows everything. The Lord gives Moses the strength to accomplish what he's called him to in that moment, right? Gideon, despite feeling inadequate, inaccurate, inadequate, my apologies, God chose Gideon to deliver Israel from the Mennonites. David, despite his youth and small stature, God empowered David to defeat the giant Goliath, which that's a crazy story. Paul, despite his physical limitations and past persecution, God used Paul to spread the gospel. Isn't that a crazy story? Not only is Paul weak right now in the scripture that I read to you out of Second Corinthians where he's got the thorn in his flesh and all these problems, he's also a Christian murderer. This is a guy that, you want to talk about weakness, you want to talk about somebody that didn't have the power, the ability to accomplish something. He was literally killing the people that he now preaches to that he now shares hope with. God is able to pull him out of where he is and give him the strength to walk out what he has for him. Elijah, despite his moments of doubt and exhaustion, God sustained Elijah and performed miracles through him. Joseph, despite being betrayed and sold into slavery, God elevated Joseph to a position of power in Egypt. How many times do you think Joseph was sitting in that jail cell Especially after the, uh, the baker and the, and the chief cupbearer were, you know, well, one was freed, one was killed, which was a different kind of freedom, I guess. But um, how many times do you think he's sitting in that jail cell and he's just like, what am I going to do? How many moments of weakness do you think he experienced in that, in that cell? You and I would have, we would have been distraught. I like to think that maybe Joseph had a little more, a little more faith, a little more, you know what, I've been in worse, you know? I was sold into to slavery from a pit, and my, you know, my brothers took my coat, which is really nice. And um, you know, he's he's gone through worse. So I like to think that he had a little more himself put together, but he didn't have the strength to get himself out of that out of that prison. He didn't have the ability to do that. He just he was faithful in that moment. He did what what he what he felt he needed to do, and the Lord gave him the ability and the strength to be risen risen up into a position he never thought he would have been in. Jonah, despite his rebellion and attempts to flee, God rescued Jonah and used him to bring about repentance in Nineveh. Well, that's an interesting story as well. Uh, Jonah was so weak that he was like, uh, those guys don't deserve your forgiveness because he knew that God would forgive them. He knew that. And Jonah's like, I would rather run. And of course, the Lord's like, well. But <laughs> He frees Jonah from that. And then gives Jonah the strength to do what he had been called to do. Abraham, despite his old age and the barrenness of his wife, God fulfilled his promise to make Abraham the father of many nations. Again, they did not have the ability nor the strength to accomplish that on their own. That wasn't something that if they just waited long enough and meditated long enough and ate the right minerals and leaves and trees and weird stuff, that that it would just happen. The Lord came to them and was a strength in that weakness, and he brought forth a child from a barren womb and fulfilled a promise that he made Abraham and Sarah. Sarah, despite her old age and initial doubts, God allowed Sarah to conceive and give birth to Isaac. Joshua, despite his fears and uncertainties, God chose Joshua to lead the Israelites into the promised, promised land after Moses' death. Let's talk about Jesus. Most of us in here don't think about Jesus having weakness. I'll say this. I'll say a few things here. Weakness is not necessarily sin. It's okay to be weak. It goes to all the guys in here too. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to need help. Weakness is not necessarily sin. Now, if that weakness allows you to sin, that's sin. If you're too weak to withstand a temptation and you jump headfirst into that, then you're in trouble. And you, then you've, 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 you've done something that you should probably repent, repent from. But weakness in of itself, it's not sin. Here's why I say that. We see, I'm going to call it a moment of weakness, but not in a, a bad way. I think that we, any anytime that we think of weakness, we think of it in a, a bad, sinful manner. And that's not what this is. But we see Jesus in the garden. And he's having this conversation with the Lord where he is, I mean, even reading that, that, that verse, we, I mean, Jesus is sweating. He is he in is a moment where he knows that his time is coming. He knows what he's been called to do. And he says, Lord, Father, if this cup can be passed from me, let it be. But nevertheless, let your will be done, not mine. In that moment, Jesus was, getting, was pulling strength to accomplish what he'd been sent here to accomplish. And that's okay. You need that. Here's a, not as an intense story, but you'll get the reason for the title of my sermon in a moment. Let's talk about the story of Peter walking on water. So, we've got Peter, which Peter... Also a goofball. Um, that guy was constantly saying and doing ridiculous things. Same guy that, um, you know, like rejected Jesus three times during the crucifixion and all this stuff. But these, the disciples are in this boat. Jesus is walking in the water toward them. Of course, they thought it was a ghost or something at first. And they realize it's Jesus. And Peter says, Lord, call me out of the boat to you. Which, wild. Um, but that's what Jesus does. He says, Peter, come onto the water with me, right? Now, Peter stepped out of the boat, and for a moment, he joined Jesus on the water. Now, the moment that he looked around, and he saw the waves, he saw his circumstances, he started to drown a little bit, but you know, they got him back in the boat. He's all right. He goes on to make more mistakes, if you're curious. But he had to step out of the boat what do all these examples have in common? Well, all of them pulled strength from the Lord to accomplish what they'd been called to. All of them. In some way, shape, or form. It looks different, depending on what you're struggling with. But all of them pulled that strength from the Lord to accomplish the things in their life. What else did they do? Well, they took a step of faith. That's the interesting thing about strength, you can pray for strength, and you should. But what we do is we pray for something, and we kind of sit there, and we cross our fingers, and we we, we just kind of hope for it, right? But if we never step back up and take that next step, that step of faith, you'll never get anywhere. Now, I'm going to run through, I always forget what they call this, but it's... Uh, kind of the, it's Hebrews 11, it's the, here is the faith. Uh, I'm going to run through these really quick just to really give you the idea of how important this faith is, how important this stepping out in faith is, and what it can accomplish. Now, faith, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things not yet seen. For by it, the men of old gain approval. Well, who are the men of old? Well, let me tell you. Good question. By faith, Abraham when he was, was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he, which he was to receive for an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive. I just, I, that was uh, copied twice. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau, even regarding things to come. By faith, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed each of, each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the exodus of the sons of Israel and gave orders concerning his bones. And by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not, not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to endure ill treatment with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He was, lo- he was looking to the reward. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the harlot, did not perish along with those who were disobedient, after she had welcomed the spies in peace. Faith is important. Praying for strength in the Lord and your weakness is important. Don't over-spiritualize this. Here's what I mean by that. It's important for us to understand that this isn't some ooey-gooey weird spiritual thing that we're, we're looking at here. This isn't Lock yourself in your in your prayer closet and pray for strength and sit there for twelve months hoping that God just makes what you need to happen happen. It's not what this is. This isn't something that you pray for strength or you pray for faith and you just sit there and God makes it so. This requires work. This requires a discipline. This requires sacrifice and it requires you to take a step. This is not easy. Uh, I won't get into everything that's that's going on in my life, but this message is very important to me because I, firsthand, within the last two or three months, have come to understand the importance of not only discipline, but the importance of taking that step. I've had some things happen in my life within the last few months that if it was just me, it would have knocked me on my butt and I wouldn't have got back up. I'd be flat on my face and I'd still be there. I'd be locked in a closet somewhere trying to figure out my identity and who I am and what I've done and the mistakes I've made. But in my weakness, he truly has been my strength. But I still had to take a step. I still had to wake up in the morning and believe in faith that he had given me strength, that his word is true, that I certainly do have strength in my weakness from the Lord. You will never find that out unless you take a step. Here's something you should understand. Your problems don't go away when the Lord gives you strength. Family issues don't disappear. Issues at work don't magically solve themselves. You don't typically wake up in the morning and have a million dollars in your bank account and all your financial worries are just handled Sorry, know, I know that's really disappointing. <laughs> but you do have the strength to endure. You do have the strength to keep pushing on. You do have the strength to continue to be a representative of the most high God. That is our heart posture. That is our aim. The Lord can be your strength to endure and to overcome. Let me. I love. I love sharing this story, uh, especially with the youth. Let me give you an example of strength in the Lord, where the Lord doesn't take something away, but He helps you endure it. Most of you should be familiar with the story of Ratchak, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh This is. I, if you ask any of my youth kids, I probably bring this up every time I teach because it's so. It, it connects to so many things. So you've got these guys who've been told, "Bow down to this idol. Bow down to this king," right? And they're like, no, thank you. <laughs> and the king says, okay, turn the furnace up. If you don't bow down to me, this is your new home. I'm paraphrasing. It's like the message version. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry. I shouldn't make that joke. I, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> this is your new home, right? Well, they don't bow down. So the furnace is so hot that it kills the guards outside of it. That's how hot this thing is. People are dying by it, not even in it. That's how hot this thing is. And they are thrown into the furnace, right? Well, here's the interesting thing. Could the Lord have taken away the fire? Absolutely. Could, could, could that fire have just disappeared? Absolutely. Absolutely. Could he have done something where they didn't even have to go in the furnace? 100%. He can do whatever he wants. But he didn't. What did he do instead? He gave them the strength to endure. Here's something we have to remember when it comes to strength He doesn't always take it away, but He is there with you. There was another in that fire, there was a fourth man in that fire. I was the Lord walking through the flames with them, helping them endure, helping to push them and to bring them through. Some of you today may feel like you're going through a fire. You might feel that you're in a season where it's it's painful and it's uncomfortable and you're being refined. I implore you to seek the Lord for his strength. But it's important to understand that it doesn't mean that it's just going to go away. It can, and sometimes it will. Praise the Lord for those moments. but the Lord has said that I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will walk through the fire with you and you will come out on the other side. Let me give you some, hopefully this is comfort. A lot of the times we ask the question, why can he make it go away? Why does it just not disappear? This is too hard. Sometimes it is, and your strength. But sometimes, who here knows that God is a good, good father? Now, a good, good father teaches good, good lessons. A good, good father teaches his people to be more like him. Sometimes the things that you're going through can be teachable moments they could be moments where you, you feel like you're in the fire, but it's actually a refining fire. It's a moment in your life where the Lord will give you the strength to endure. He will bring you through it. And on the other side, you'll look so much more like him. All of us are praying, Lord, take this from me. That's what Paul did. Three times he was like, please. And the Lord's response is, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made whole in your weakness. In the same way, we have to face the same thing. Sometimes it doesn't just go away. But God has not left you. He hasn't forsaken you. He didn't say, ah, you're weak again. Sorry. Bye. It's not happening. You know why we know that's not happening? How many times is he looking at the disciples going, you have a little faith? But he doesn't leave. He doesn't get frustrated throwing the towel and say, I'll, I'll try again in another 100 years. You guys are just too much. No, he, he stays there. And I, I like to think I'm a little like Peter because I'm, I'm silly too. <laughs> um, here's the important thing. You can pray for faith. You can pray for strength. But unless you get up and walk, it means nothing. People always tell you not to pray for patience because the Lord is going to test you. He's going to give you opportunities to be patient, and I've made that mistake so many times, praying for patience, and praise the Lord, I have gained a lot of patience. You have to have it when you're in youth ministry, and my wife, luckily, has a lot of patience because she's married to me, so (laughs) the Lord will give you an opportunity to be strong. He will give you an opportunity to have faith. He will give you a chance to build upon the things that you desire. It's not easy. It requires work and discipline. It requires sacrifice, but you're not alone. Not only do you have the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords right next to you to help you, to strengthen you, to keep pushing you. You've got a body here that loves you. I love you. I know that I may not know each and every one of you personally, but I promise you if you call me at three in the morning, I'd be more than happy to help you be strong in what you're going through. Because the Lord's been strong in me. Jacob Dole is always not in the room right now. I think Adam might be reading the same books, but there's these books called Oathbringer. And the I, I kinda mess with the quote a little bit, but there's this quote that says, The most important step that, that a man can take is the next step. I changed it to the most important step someone can take is the next step. That is your focus for today. I'm sure there are plenty of you in here that are believing God for something right now. You are, pr- you are praying. Give me like a few more moments. Mark, you don't have to get the kids yet. You don't have to get them yet. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> He's deaf. The most important step that you can take is the next one. You believe in faith, you pray for that strength, and then you take that next step, and then you take the next one, and you say, I know what his word says, and you continue to walk in that faith and that strength. I am a testament to that, because that is all I've been focused on the last few months in so many areas of my life where I know that he's behind me. I know that not only do I have a body that loves me, but I have a God that loves me. And I take that next step. It is hard. It's so hard. But it's worth it. In this moment, when you're able to take those steps, you, you start to be refined. You start to be cleaned you start to look more like Jesus. Take that next step. And here's one final thing for you. And honestly, I have my wife to thank for this thought because she's my great helper and the best person that I have in my life and helps me me out sometimes with my sermons and I could not thank her enough. But I want to leave you with this. Don't let your circumstances define your ability to step out in faith. And depending on the Lord for, for strength in your weakness. It's easy to look at your circumstances and say, well, I would, but, well, I could, but don't do that. Peter was still standing on a raging sea. The circumstances didn't change, but who he drew strength from, that's what changed. He went from drawing strength from himself, which is weakness, to drawing it from Jesus and for a moment, he was able to walk on water now again, if we want to talk about Peter, he looked at his circumstances again and was like, "Holy crap, waves everywhere, the wind's everywhere and he started to think. but don't let your circumstances define your faith or the strength that you draw from the Lord because your circumstances mean nothing It doesn't mean they 're not important, but when it when it is when, you, when it's related to the power and the love of the, of the most high God, our God. It means nothing because He he's overcome this world. We can take great hope in that. If you're struggling right now, I urge you to trust in the Lord for his strength and your weakness and then take that step of faith. Don't wait. There's not, there's not a, a perfect time, I promise. You're not gonna wake up two weeks from now and you're like, okay, now, now's the time to really start stepping toward what it is God has called me to. Now is that time. There's no time like the present. Trust and and believe in the one who has overcome this world. For he's not left you, he's not forsaken you, and he loves you so much that he sent his son to die in your place so you could be a a part of his family. Draw strength from that. And maybe, too, you could walk in the water of the circumstance that you're trying to, you're trying to endure and trying to overcome. Amen? Amen? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you that you are our strength and our weakness. We thank you that we don't deserve your grace, nor your mercy, nor your love, but you pour it out anyway. We thank you that you are a good, good Father, and You are here to guide us and to refine us and to teach us good, good lessons. Lord, I thank You for this body, and I pray that we we truly hunger and thirst for Your righteousness, and that You guide us and allow us to come to know You more than we ever we ever have. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen.